Welcome to LeaderCast. We're here live. Let's get to our special guest today, which is Elizabeth McDonald. Specialty is teaching people how to do presentations for corporate, personal use, people who are speakers. If they mess up the introduction, just like I did, yes, it just throws off the, 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 the flow of the presentation. Is that correct? Well, we won't tell anyone that you, you practiced <laughs> Messing up. Okay? No, no, no. They <laughs> no. know that I no, messed no, up. No. Uh, that's for sure. I, w the first thing I want to say is I admire you for doing that because I thought, are you going to start over? But this is live. And I have done many shows where it's been live on tape and I've just said, ah, okay, this is, I'm not going anywhere. I've just forgotten certain things. Can we redo this? You didn't have that option, but that says a lot about you because you're willing to be transparent and you're, and you think highly enough about yourself that you're saying, look, let's use what I did as a teaching skill. So I'm already very well, thank, impressed. Thank you for that. It wasn't meant to be a teaching moment, but it happens. Yes. Because the, the intensity of the, the camera guy saying, three, two, one, one, we're live, we're recording, we're doing all this stuff. Now the camera's on. And now you got to have all the thoughts are coming into your mind, trying to get out. Instead of in order, they're starting to jumble around. and and it becomes really difficult. So that's one of the things. So as a verbal expert, you help people, companies, individual speakers to go out there and properly present themselves so they don't make these kind of mistakes. Is that correct? That's correct. However, even the best do. Yeah. And, and, and you had so many things to do. You had to talk about the attic, which by the way, has delicious food. Oh, right exactly. after this is over, I'm going to have what I had last week vegetables and steaks thing and then the sponsors and then uh, what is the show and then my name and then the yeah. verbal edge I but I liked I wanted the verbal advantage eight years ago when I started but it was already taken so I have the verbal edge so you the were verbal actually, edge yes I looked at the top of the screen I took I looked at the your the top of the page instead of my next line which is the correct line but somehow I should I, put, I forgot to highlight to make sure I covered it as part of my introduction and I was wondering what happened to it because I thought I highlighted it. And you have just displayed the complexity of being a, a host. So much to say and know and it has to come off as though it's second nature and you do it all the time. And I was here last week and watched you and you, and you pulled it off then. And, and Well, thank you for that. Yes. Now, in today's modern world with so many devices, text messaging, emailing, you know, people are starting to write in constant slang. And are we forgetting the proper etiquette of having a conversation that people can actually get the proper information that you actually sent that information for rather than the slang that makes it to where you have to go back and forth a couple of times in order to get the correct message. What's happening? Oh, so you are so right. And a lot of times the slang or the abbreviation may stand for something else in another person's world. Oh, 10 years ago, I taught English and uh, research papers. And I, 10 years ago, I was getting things like you, uh, you instead of Y-O-U or other things, other abbreviations. That's how pervasive it was. 
a decade ago. And what we don't realize is that the jargon that we might use in our own industries are, is something that people don't understand. Personally, I struggle with abbreviations because they're, they're letters. They're one of 26 we can choose from, but those letters stand for amazing words. And if we can at least say those amazing words first, and then after that, say the abbreviation, we're doing our reader or our listener a, a great service. And yes, I agree with you. And I, how lot, much longer does it take to type a text Y-O-U instead of you? I don't know about you, but when I get a text from somebody and they just said you, I feel that, gee, could you have for me just spent that extra few seconds? Could you honor me like that? Now, I know I'm probably, I don't represent a lot of people saying that, but words are important. It's the verbal edge. So that's my take on it. Now, it's not only the, the, the lack of taking the time that's the, the important part, but it's more time-wasting, in my opinion. Absolutely. Because when they abbreviate stuff, I may have to try to clarify what that actually meant because that's one of my problems when it comes to texting. People abbreviate too much. In the email, they don't, re you know, they don't rewrite parts of the important factor of that, that last email. When you have a conversation of 10 emails and they just make a reference to something that was 10 emails ago. I have to now sift through all that information to figure out what are they actually referring to. And there could be several messages that may be in conflict with their referral yes. to something in, at a previous date. So now I have to now spend time to send another email asking for a clarification and delays happen, happening all the time because of th there is no direct answer or a direct question and it's the slang and jargon and abbreviations that are really making people's time wasting energy and a lot of time i'll just do a short email john comma please explain whatever the abbreviation is just last week my husband got an email saying the uh, the service will be for the funeral will be at such and such and he had to email back who died so something as easy as that. One of the workshops that I give is professional email formatting and writing. And I say, and I, I'm talking about succinct, active voice, being an English teacher. And I talk about, refrain from starting a sentence with, and this is professional emails, uh, how are you? Anthony, Anthony, how are you? How are the, whatever. If this is a professional email and you're looking at your mobile phone, you want to know what it is. That first sentence has to say a lot. And more importantly, the subject matter has to say a lot. And so beyond that, if I'm, it, say I, I'm talking to you and I'll say, let's meet at such and such. And then you say, fine. My e next email to you, even though I, I talk about succinctness and I talk about refraining from saying things like it is recommended by me just say I recommend that's why 90% of emails are skimmed because we need to write actually third grade level it's been proven most of those and so if we say that third grade level what I do if you say yes I can meet you then I will email back to you and I'll say Anthony comma double space that sounds great so I will see you next Thursday October whatever at three o'clock at such yes. and such it's a longer email However, it has all the elements in it. And that has worked for me 
both ways. It's worked for the person that I've sent it to. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't mean next Thursday. Or I'm typing it and thinking, wait, I didn't mean next Thursday. So it's a double check Absol and balance. Absolutely. I, I purposely make sure at every conversation, whether it's text or email, I always repeat the time, the date, the location, that it's Thursday, all the details again, and then I put in at the the last word is correct. Yes, yes. So this way they will reply, I did the correction, or they will reply, okay. Yes, yes. So this way I have received the message, communications. We've all played telephone when we were kids. Uh huh. So the first the teacher told the first child in the class the message and by the time I got to the last child it was you know I'll meet you on the moon or something sure it was totally undescribable to the first person when I got to the last person so that communications I, I think of bad communications is slapstick comedy that's a good analogy the difference is where three people think something is happening when the total opposite is happening but they're doing all this drama because no one took the time to ask the question That's right so if you ask the questions in advance properly and make sure you follow up with the repeat of that question you don't have to go through the delays because in business and we're all talking about business here the business of the business itself every delay breeds multiple delays and that goes back to your first point which is if we're going to abbreviate anything we need to define it first and then put in parentheses the abbreviation and then afterwards can, can use the abbreviation and and err on the side of over information assume the person doesn't know it assume assume if you're talking about the new rx 50 z2 that explain to the person it is a dry cleaner with velvet lining Exactly. Now, in today's modern world, obviously, with the Internet, you have YouTube, Facebook. That is part of our now communications. And business is becoming communicating in those spaces. So now we have to all be right here. We have to all be here in front of cameras, in front of your phones. I have my phone mainly to check, you know, the time. But I have my phone and we're always communicating and now we're communicating visually because that medium has become available to the masses. So what do you recommend for people to be able to communicate for their businesses in these forums? That's a wonderful question. And I'm going to go where you're not going to think I'm going to go. I look forward to okay. hearing this. All right. Know that in video that we need to look at the camera that we need to frame so our eyes are in the upper third, right John Gaston? upper third and that means if you get in tighter I still need to be in the upper third of your mind will uh, will go ahead and know that you have a, a top of your head and a chin but if it get real tight it's still in the upper third if we widen out it's still in the upper third you have a little bit more head room when we widen out look at the camera think of the camera as only one person and just say you and a lot of people I've noticed on television will say good morning everybody it's not it's one person so that's another thing also make sure if you're doing something on the internet or YouTube look at your background is that a professional background and please do not put yourself in front of a window put yourself in front of a dark background 
I have a plant behind me. And you'll notice that nothing is growing out of my ears. If this was one pl <laughs> if it had a, a limb going like this right out of my ear, I'd think, oh, that woman has a limb growing out of her ear. So much has to go into the framing of a shot. The other thing is we don't want to see the ceiling. So that means the laptop, if we sit the laptop here and we open it up, it's going to hit the ceiling. So we need to put the laptop on something high so you're looking right at the camera, that little lens, eye level, eye level, always eye level. That's a lot to go through. And when I have my clients, I, I work with groups, uh, teams, and uh, staffs, but I also work with individuals. And sometimes I specifically say, let's Skype, because I want to teach them that. So they'll have that, so, so they will, I won't see their ceiling. I'll see their background, and their background needs to be rid of all kinds of boxes and whatever else is in there, at least that section. So there, that's the answer to that. And then, of course, one person. Show your personality, show your connection, because the whole connection. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if we make mistakes, because it only makes us closer to those yeah. people. Mistakes equal learning that it's actually real. You're actually recording this stuff. Yes. And you're actually recording it live. That's the reason why you can tell this is live, because we don't stop. If we stop, there's, there's no the so there's no the commercial gap. break. There's no commercial break. Well, actually, we could do a commercial break. We're here at the attic in downtown. That's right, Tampa. delicious food. Five hundred East Kennedy. Yes. You know they're on the fourth floor, so you got to go up to the Great fourth view. floor. Great view. I'm looking out at it. Great lot view of, of this area. We can see the uh, what do you call it? The mayor's uh, mansion or the, whatever that is over there. It's uh, city hall. Now, you mentioned something that you do a workshop. Um, I have that on my list. So why don't we talk about the workshop? We'll cover it again a little bit later. Yes, the workshop that I'm going to give next week? Yeah, next week. Oh, wonderful. It's on professional email and formatting. And most of us are guessing at our, the way we do emails because we didn't learn them in school. And they, are, they do take the place now of a professional letter. And we had rules for professional letters. But a lot of people think it's okay to chunk an email, including Dear Anthony, all this on the same line, and, and then the... Or, yeah, and all then, caps and all block, where yes, all it is is just yes, a blur. Yes, it's, it's, it's one chunk. And what I'm going to do next week, and it's going to be at Guzman Law on, I think it's North Himes, and it's at 8.30. And if you go to theverbaledge.com to the events page, you can pre-register. It's $25. It's an hour and a half. First half hour is networking. The last hour is this workshop. It's in it's intense, it's fast-paced, it's fun. I guarantee you, you will learn at least five things, and we're going to go through, we're all going to go through one email together. I'm going to teach a lot of things, including grammar, because, hey, I was grammar an English is, teacher. You know, one, one of the softwares that I've been using lately is um, Grammarly. Grammarly. Grammarly is a, a godsend by the people who've created it, because, you know, it helps correct, because I'm a fast typer. I can type and I'll hit return instantly and without even looking that by the time the computer catches up and, and puts up the mistakes sometimes I'll hit return and look at oh man I gotta go back and correct that but it's already been sent but I have that option where you can undo the sent <laughs> you do yes you uh, need to do an entire show on that <laughs> that is if you have for those that have Gmail okay when you send an email if you look on the top of the your email setup, it'll say you can act, you have to go and program it. You can program it for 10 seconds, I think up to 30 seconds, where you can actually go back and undo the email. So do they hold the email for 30 yeah, seconds? Yeah, they hold the email for 30 seconds. So if you click undo real quick, 
it'll bring you back where you can make any edits and then resend it. Why is it when a person presses post or send, suddenly the mistakes are real clear? Yeah, because that has been an amazing mind, phenomenon. Your mind is in focus. At, see, when you're when you're typing or writing it, even if you're using the voice recorder and, you, and, and you're mm -hmm. you're texting something, and you see the stuff. By the time it finishes text, you know, finishing the the wording, you've hit return. And then you look at it, now your mind is now back in focus, sure. and you can see the mistakes you've made. Yes, yes. But it's too late on texting, yes, though. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yes. So uh. now, when it comes to, you know, working with, you know, b businesses and companies, what do you do for a company when it comes to working with them? And how do they benefit from understanding these procedures that you help guide them through? Thank you. I meet with whomever wanted me to come in, and I ask them questions like, what are the challenges of your staff or your team? And what are some of, uh, what are your strengths? What are their strengths? What is it that you desire as the outcome? What do you envision? And then I will start asking questions. I will create a curriculum because that's one of the things that I love doing as a teacher. And it'll involve a lot of activities. I'll envision what it's going to be and how much people are going to learn and enjoy. If I do one thing wrong in my creation of presentations, it's I stack it with, with information. It's not going to be, oh, well, I learned three things from her and that was all she said. She just talked and talked. I feel beholding to the people who hire me and to the people who attend this that I want them to learn so much. And if possible, I like to give two workshops, one a week or two later. We go over that, hold them accountable. What did you learn? And then let's talk about that. And I have them get an accountability partner to learn on certain things like I teach positive uh, communication skills. And we, are, we have so many negative phrases in our lives. Now, when it comes to the communication skills that you teach, is it because it provides them with the confidence that they actually understand how to communicate rather than, you know, because unless you actually understand the, the, the mechanics of communications, you're gonna, they're going to go back to just rewriting stuff and they're wondering why they're having these errors, why they're getting these returns and clarifications and stuff. If they understand the communications and they have the confidence where you create them, where you create the steps to build their confidence that they know what they're doing. That's exactly right. They come out confident. They also come out, come out thinking, I didn't know what I didn't know. Especially if they are not the people that brought me in. They are the people who are attending it. And, oh, I'm going to another communication skills. And then they come away thinking, I have always misspelled this. I've always said this. Uh, I, this I'm being very wordy. I use a lot of verbal clutter like like and you know and I mean I mean is the new you know people can start sentences with I mean I had the greatest time last night or just like, say I had the greatest time last night or uh, this doesn't sound real important but and just dispense with those prefix phrases and they just go right to what we want to talk about so confident positive communication skills clear communication skills uh, customer relations uh, hospitality yeah. Vocabulary building. Tell us about the vocabulary building because that's really important. Oh, I love that. You know, having the proper vocabulary. We all have acronyms uh -huh. for our business. Yes. But the rest of the people don't know in outside of their zone. So if you're a doctor, you know, they write in scribble. We don't know what that means. 
they know what it means. Yes. But if you if a doctor talks in those scribbles to us, we're looking at them with the three heads. So, you know, tell us how important yes. it is to, to clarify and stop talking in acronyms. I'm going to give you a story because I took a, a, a woman who was in her 90s to the doctors. And the doctor, this nurse said, without looking at her or anything, hello, Mrs. So-and-so, we're going to give you a four-syllable Latin word, and then we're going to end up in, and she was afraid to begin with. And I said, excuse me, her name is, and I'm going, I'll say Jane. Her name is Jane. And can you look at her? And also, please talk to her and not me. And also, can you give her simple words so she can understand what you're doing? That's, that's the beginning of what I was saying. And then also, the vocabulary building, I push people toward larger, uh, better vocabulary words. You were saying something like they go to the same jargon or go to words. On the back of my card, which I didn't bring to the table, are some alternative suggestions for the words awesome and cool. And a lot of times when I hand it to you, they'll say, oh, awesome. And uh, it, what I want to do is get people used to not just being lazy when they're speaking and going to the same word. Not everything in the world is awesome. I, I post communication skills tips every week. And I often Is that on go, the website? Yes, it, it's on my... Uh, it's on LinkedIn and Facebook, so that would be The Verbal Edge or Elizabeth MacDonald. And so many people all over the nation read them. And I get back, and people meet me and say, I read this every day or every week, and I do so many of the things wrong that you bring up because it's personal things. And with the word awesome, I have said awesome, if you look it up, means magnificent or horrendous. It means anything for which you drop your jaw in awe. For instance, the Northern Lights in Canada. God, a multi-car pileup are awesome. But somebody's t-shirt or somebody something else, it, it's not, they're not awesome. They could be fascinating or intriguing or life-changing. Many other words exist. And so one of the other things I do with vocabulary building is I tell the, uh, the attendees, let's go for a week, because maybe I'm coming back next week without saying the words really or very. So if something is really interesting, maybe it is intriguing or all kinds of things. And the same way with cool. A lot of people say, well, how was that? That was pretty cool. Okay, what is cool? You have, pretend Anthony, you said that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, okay. Elizabeth. No, it, the attic. What do you think about the attic? It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Now you have left it up to me to fill in the vocabulary words. And I, one client in Tampa said, "Let's meet at this coffee shop. It's cool. It's pretty cool." So I came came in. I had already envisioned something that I would put in that category. It wasn't at all. So I said, "Tell me why." And he started giving me adjectives. It was. Um, it was cozy. It uh, it was comfortable. There were and he described the architecture and he described the warmth and it was wonderful. But he didn't take that time. And I said, okay, this is what I thought. And then I said, then you said pretty. Do you know that pretty just knocked down your cool by a bit? And he said, no, I thought it meant more. And I said, okay, what if I told you that was pretty true? Wasn't exactly. That was pretty interesting. And so what he has done since then, and then I also talked to him about eliminating very and really, he's, he has made an effort all the time to think of the best words. What I do is when I hear somebody say a word that I haven't heard for a while, I, I always have a journal with me. In the back, I write down that word. It's a word I know, but it's not top of the mind. That, that is true. I mean, one of the areas that we, as a society and culture, we find 
the least common, you know, the more common actually. We all start to repeat the common words that we all repeat. Yes, go to. And it's becoming to where we have almost little vocabulary outside of awesome, cool, exciting. That's pretty much it. I mean, what are, what are the conversations these days? It's just, what's happening? There's no depth to the, the conversation other than their texting jargon. But what are they really talking about? They're talking about nothing. Right. And if you listen or watch a television show and say they've won a house or won something, they'll say, this is awesome. That was pretty cool. And it's, 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 it's the same words all the time. And I just wish they would have thought, let me get into my bank of words and think of somebody else, something else. Anthony Robbins says, most of us have 300 go-to words, not counting names or prepositions. And he, he says, push that 300 out. Make an attempt to think of more words. And what I do is I look at my list of words and I think, okay, this, word, this week I'm going to use this, this, this. And I can maybe use this word in this situation or this or this. And it works. The now, vocabulary grows. As the vocabulary grows that you're presenting, how does it make the people that actually use the vocabulary? Does it give them the confidence? What happens to the, as they use them? Do they have, so if I use really interesting vocabulary that is beyond the cool, the awesome, the great, do you think you're gonna probably remember a little bit more of, a, of our conversation in, in, in that business or personal situation? Yes, indeed. I will already think you're articulate and you're knowledgeable. And the thing is, we're not saying go to these five syllable words that only 12 people in all of Tampa know. No, because that's pretentious. Go to the fourth and fifth grade words, but go to the right ones. And, and use different words all the time so people will be fascinated by what you're saying. And the other thing is, what if we, are, what if I started something with, you ask me a question, I'd say, Anthony, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is, it's one of those things where, so what have I said so far? Nothing so far. Nothing, Zero. nothing, all verbal clutter. So we need to be, maybe think for a second and say, these are the words I'm gonna say. Well, the I'm glad you just brought that up because in today's modern world, everyone's afraid to actually say something. Is that part of what's actually happening? People don't want to feel like they know something more than someone else. I am so they want, they're being judged and scrutinized because, hey, do you think you're smarter than me because you're starting, to, you're, you're, you're giving some information? So we're starting to see it now where everyone's afraid to actually say stuff. I th Is that part I of it? I have not noticed that. What I've noticed is people are afraid to confront, period. And for me, confrontation is a positive yeah. word. It's just they might lack the way of doing it. Assertively and, and, and ending with dignity toward the person and respect toward the person. And so what do they do? They say nothing, but they'll go and gossip. Or they'll, uh, or, and because they already envision how it's going to turn out. But I could say something to you as an Anthony, you're going to appreciate, you're going to appreciate this. Are you aware such and such? And you can say yes or no that you're aware, but you know that I'm saying something else to you. Or you're, or I can say, I agree with what you just said, especially your point on this. Would you consider da 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 da? It's all adult, adult language, no parent, 
you should no child like gee do you think I can it's adult adult and it's honoring the other person and it's standing up for what you believe but standing up with respect for the other person and that takes a while and that takes learning certain phrases body language that doesn't sound sarcastic tone of voice that doesn't sound uh, sarcastic body language that is confident and I that is the way that I think people will get the message across. I'm not aware of people well, not I, wanting to well, talk for yeah. fear that they would, I think that they're afraid they're going to be bullied. Exactly. Well, not, not for the, bullied as well, because you're starting to see it now in education. You know, there's, there's arguments over the words. There's arguments over actually having a thought yes. that may be different from yes. someone else. And we're seeing riots happening all over the country and at, at the university level where the words are actually what they're there to learn, the grammar, yes. and, and expand and the their, their minds to, to a level to where beyond childhood, we're seeing that there is a police system going on in using certain words. So you, you think, do you think that that may be part of it in some way? Cause All right, this is what I think. I think that somebody tells somebody and somebody else tells somebody the telephone thing you were talking about before without going back to the exact quote and was that person quoting something he thought he might or she thought she might have heard and it's including facts not fake news on and on you know every every level we see that if we hear something that embraces our point of view we're more apt to repeat it and to proliferate that idea but if we say who said that when did that say and was that taken out of context I know I was a reporter a television reporter and anchor and I know the power of a reporter I know that I can go someplace and hear all kinds of wonderful sound bites however if I'm looking to and I'm not saying that I've done this because I haven't if I'm looking to degrade somebody I will find the soundbite that I will use and that will be it and, and instead of being objective I am subjective and another thing our, um, our news directors always said say said or asked those are the only two verbs but what are we hearing now so-and-so claimed well in that that yeah, carries all the fictitious people that don't exist that's one of the problems is you know what you're doing is providing awareness that there is more of a vocabulary there is more ways to communicate more decisively so the people that are actually talking to you actually know what to do when you talk to them because you've told them exactly and they know how to make a decision where today more and more people are avoiding the actual telling people what exactly is happening so they can get a proper return Yes, yes, so, absolutely. Now, when it Good comes, summary. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, when it comes to dealing with difficult people, how do you, how do you manage that? I, a little bit of what we had said before, I make sure that I'm calm. I approach the person and I, I will say, are you aware? Or I agree with that. Or... I, I'm aware that this and this happened on this date. Are you aware of that? What are your thoughts on that? Not, not a leading thing like, well, I, I'll bet you, you don't appreciate that or I bet you don't agree. Just what are your thoughts? All objective. No, no, in, no inkling of what my opinion might be. Hmm. And one phrase I love and I teach instead of we see things differently. 
uh, instead of we don't agree, excuse me, we see things differently, which is factual and it is a win-win thing. You and I see things differently. Let's go from there and see where we agree. Exactly. Just because you see it differently, that's not because you know what I know. You just know what you know. And it's so important to understand that there's something you don't know. And my philosophy is always to find out what you know so I can expand my mind that is and learn exactly what you know. And maybe, you know, one, your idea, and one, my idea equals two, which is what's actually happening rather than only, rather than only knowing what I think happened right. or you, what you think happened. Because in a situation of, you know, I was just watching a, a movie, which I forget what the name of it is, but it's all about the movie keeps repeating the same exact scene. Is it uh, Groundhog Day? No, no, it's not Groundhog Day. It's, it's, a, it's an action movie, uh -huh. but it, it repeats the same, the same scene almost from the different people's perspective. Ooh from this person's perspective from that person's perspective and the secret agent well the not the secret agent but the, what was the um, secret service agent not secret agent so the secret service agent is trying to find out what's happening from different points of view and he's collecting all the data from all these people all over the place and he's able to piece together what actually took place rather than only from his point of view where he was standing at that time so he's trying to get so he gets the guy who's had the recorder in the crowd then he went to the TV station because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they had multiple cameras so yes. he's asking them to play this one and play that one and he sees the different angles that took place so he's piecing together the data of what actually took place so he can find out actually what happened and we do this the same thing in our workplace our family lives that's why slapstick work. There's always a bit of information missing. That's why it's funny because you're watching two, three people make fools of themselves because none of them will ask the right question mm -hmm. so they can both have, you know, what they were doing and, and, and that happens in the office. So when you're dealing with difficult situations, like you were saying, by asking the right questions yes. in a leading way to help eliminate the tension raise the knowledge base yes and the communication then flows rather than i said this you said right. that we're not gonna we're just gonna be upset and i don't mean to minimize the importance of approaching somebody and and, and there are different levels and there's different things at, at stake what if the relationship is more important than what is said then there's a time when we just say what we need to say to keep the relationship going but the other thing is be empathetic if that would have happened to me I would have under I, I that must have been frustrating or this seems important to you tell me more that's that connection that empathetic connection and that will break through a lot of things too like, however with somebody who bullies etc you might say in uh, something like I would appreciate it if you showed me more respect or I feel disrespected I feel, it start with I, I feel a little disrespected right now. How about if you change the way you just ask that question? Not will you, because that puts down at a, a lower level. Uh, how about if you, that's the equal, equal. 
or I'd like you to change the way you ask that. Let's ask that again. Exactly. I mean, that is so important to actually work with the people that you have to deal with. Because once you build that wall up, because there's a level of respons there's responsibility where you do the right thing. Then there is pan responsibility, is where I do the right thing in such a way that helps you do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So this way, because what happens to you is based on how you d deploy whatever took place as well, not always what's happening yes. to you. Yes. So if something bad is happening to you and it's consistent, you have to start listening to what you're saying because that's what you're getting back because you're not appropriately using proper grammar, attitude, and all the things that you present in your speaking presentations to help people understand how to speak right and communicate. Now, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say also we think of those things before we even enter a room. If, we're, if we know somebody is controlling, we may even get into the, uh, the ego state of I'm, I'm a child and I'm going to allow this person to control me. And that needs to start even before we see the person. If we know we're going into a meeting with someone, go in, sit, look straight in the eye, turn toward them, be confident in every way and be confident about how we speak. But you have, in order to get that confidence, you have to take the first step and yes. learn. And learn. <laughs> and learn. And learn. And then also have the mindset before you even enter the room. Because, because you'll go back, you'll revert to the, the mindset that, say, I have had, if I'm entering the room, for the last 10 years since I've worked with this person. We have to change internally first, get some skills, find some phrases, practice them, with the best uh, respectful tone of voice. And uh, eventually, even if the person's mad, eventually the person will start mirroring our tone of voice, et cetera. Now, we also have a presentation set up. Um, do you want to go into that section now before yes, we finish up? Yes, we could do that. Okay, so in this section, we're basically going to, I'm going to introduce her, and she's going to go through a quick presentation on Presentation skills. Presentation skills, yes. <laughs> it seems redundant. Some of the stuff is a little bit ad-libbed, because it would be cool if it was all staged, wasn't it? That's right. It would, it would not be worthy of a live streaming audience. Excellent. Uh, one of the topics that I teach is effective presentation skills. And so I thought for 10 minutes or so, we could go through a mini workshop at no additional price. That's right. So yes. we're going to go through the mini workshop. We're going to start now. Okay. Let's, let's sit for a sec because okay. I want to talk about what happens before we actually do the presentation. Go All ahead. right. So you've asked me to do a presentation on something. So my first thing is I need to ask you, who is the audience? Tell me as much as you can about the audience, what they're, uh, if it's a business I want to know are the directors there and this and this because what if we had the directors and the people they direct then I that's going to be a different approach possibly then what is it that you want me to talk about and so then I start thinking about that and I think of a phrase that when these people walk out of my presentation and somebody hey what did what did Elizabeth McDonald talk about they know the phrase so I will repeat that phrase throughout this and it's going to be an easy phrase it's going to be their go-to phrase because we I want them to remember and then and then of course no jargon we talked about that think of uh, somebody was doing a presentation uh, was a client of mine said and and, and she went into all kinds of backgrounds and uh, technical things and I said wait a minute who's your audience what was the rotary and I said some people in there will know what you're talking about some people won't don't even go there 
talk about this, 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 show them your wonderful products, talk about this, how it was named, what you thought, tell stories. So, and that's another thing, this is prep. What stories can I tell that they'll first listen to and then I'll apply? And I have a story about telling stories. Excellent. Okay, I, um, I, did, a pre I did some presentation workshops for some engineers at a corporation in Indiana. And the, the people from this corporation said these engineers are invaluable in their communication, I mean in their content, however they seem timid. So the first two or three workshops we worked on their speech, their words they use, the, and then I had them do a presentation. And then, and I said it has to be a story. Well one man stood up and, and he gave the story about um, his granddaughter, et cetera, and then other people. And then the next week I said, now you're going to give a presentation you've already given. We're going to go through it. And the next day, the president and on, uh, a lot of the team the, are going to be there and they're going to watch each presentation. Not to put any you know, pressure on, but that, and oh, and by the way, I'll call him Sam. Sam, you don't do that. You give the story that you just said. That will be your presentation. So I let St Sam be at the end. And Sam did this, if I can get through it without tearing up. He said, and, and it was PowerPoint and the whole thing, he said, this is my granddaughter, and her name is such and such. She was born with a cleft palate. And um, about uh, two years later, she had an operation. In the meantime, I am attempting to create a wire because they supplied wires to heart, artificial hearts, et cetera. And I couldn't get the ductility right. And that was a word I had to learn to be a, a, present, a workshop person there, trainer. And ductility means what enters here has to go all the way this very thin wire to here. And I couldn't do it and I worked on it for days. And then he went back to his granddaughter and he said, one of the, um, side effects of having a cleft palate, which I didn't know, is a disease that begins with a B. And sometimes people, and he knew the disease, I just don't remember it, sometimes people lose their hearing. And so far, so and then he went back to being at his table and this guy said, do you know what you're working on this wire for? And he said, no, he said, a cochlear implant. That's going to be the wire for a cochlear implant. And he thought, oh my gosh. So that afternoon, he got he attempted and succeeded the ductility going from here to here. So he went back into his presentation. He said, my granddaughter right now can still hear. However, if she should lose her hearing and get a cochlear implant, I want her to know that her grandfather is the one that made it happen. And I want all of you to know who work at this company that we do indeed change lives. Well, the people, this was the response he got. A vice president said, Sam, after that story, you could have recited the phone book and I would have listened to you. That is the power of a story. And I just, I just explained the power of a story with a story. Yeah, like, like they say in presentations, words tell, but the stories sell. That's right, and so, and it hooks our right brain, and then our left brain is is ready to uh, to inculcate the information. So as we're before the presentation, as we're thinking about the audience, the the theme, we need to think of stories, and we need to have three 
topics. And so many times people, I'm going to talk about this and this and this. And I say, get it into three topics and then put the subtopics in. Please make an outline. Because when we present or see our outline, we know where we're going with it. And it, it makes it so much simpler. And then here's something that a lot of people don't do. Write your introduction. Because your introduction is actually the first paragraph of this story. And give it to the person who's going to introduce you. And I email every presentation I've ever given. I have written my own introduction and I've, and I've emailed it to that person. And I've also come with another introduction in size 14 font. It's about a 15 second introduction, but it has three components and it is subject, the subject of the presentation, the information, why should the audience even care? We've been to presentations and we're thinking, okay, well, why am I here? Why do I care? And the third is why this person? Why me? Either I'm an expert in it or I've lived through something I'm going to talk about. And then at the very end, then we say the name. And here's another thing. Please refrain from saying, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is Elizabeth MacDonald, the verbal edge or whatever. Because ado, A-D-O, means messing around or confusion, like Shakespeare's much ado about nothing. And so we have just given why the audience should listen and why this person, the credentials of this person, and I'm not meaning a bio, I mean just a couple of sentences, because a bio is different from an introduction. And then we've said, but we were just messing around, or we were just confusing you, here's this person. I have no idea why, without further ado, ado has been the phrase that introduces people that I entreat you to never say it again. So that's the, that's, the, that's the getting ready part. And then right beforehand, after this is all written, and be sure that you have a good close, et cetera, then you think, what am I going to wear? Is always dress higher than most people there because we represent ourselves and professionalism. So always dress professionally. And uh, think when I'm driving to a presentation, I turn the music up loudly or I'll sing or I'll stand with good posture beforehand and I will envision how this is going to turn out. I know that what I say is important to the audience. I know they're going to learn and grow and be different and change from it. And I know I am going to have a good time. I've envisioned all this. We do that anyway. But how many, how many people say, oh, man, I'm not going to remember this. I'm going to, uh, it's going to oh, yeah, be boring. That happens to me all the time. That's why I have stacks of notes. Oh, well, I have stacks of notes too. <laughs> I, I, I have those because one of my fears is what if I blank? Yeah, Which blank I, out. Yes, it happens. Blank out. And so it's okay. I'm a firm believer in using notes or in, and look, this is what okay. color code them. I highlight, and I do. I highlight the keywords. Because I don't really read any of the the notes that I make are my ideas, but I don't like reading my ideas because it doesn't flow. Yes. If I sit there, you know, she's a motivational speaker, you know, motivator, speaker, and communication skills instructor. I'm just reading stuff that somebody else wrote. And it sounds red. It, it sounds yes. red. So I, I highlight only the main areas that reminds me of what I wanted to ask about. I do exactly that. And people have their own ways. They, some of them do verbatim. They'll read verbatim and some people will do an outline. It, it looks canned. I mean, as I, when I produce stuff and pe when I see people on, on, you know, hosting and, you know, or a guest just read stuff, because uh -huh. they have to now look down. They're not talking to the camera. They're not talking to the guest. They're just reading the stuff. We could pick up a book. Why would we want to sit and watch this? Yes. If you're reading stuff, I yes. could just pick up the book that you wrote if exactly. that's the case. 
Exactly. So we come here to be dynamic and to learn not from the canned content, but what is actually in your mind at the moment of the discussion. That's right. So let's let's go into okay. the, this, right. the, the area. And, and of one the more thing I want to say beforehand is rehearse. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. I, if I have PowerPoint, I rehearse with PowerPoint over and over again. They say, why do you, I would think you would do this. I rehearse because I know what's coming up next. I know what slide's coming up next. I have never given the same presentation twice, so I rehearse. Yeah. So when I come in, I'm confident I've got this. Well, that's because you have to have the respect for the audience who are watching. Yeah, absolutely. That you put the time and effort to do this so they can actually receive the communications of what that was in a way that is timely within parameters of not wasting their time because what happens is people will go on and on about 20 different topics and never get to the point of why we're there to listen so let's get to the point of okay, the presentation all right. I love it okay and now so I'm just going to do a quick introduction of right. what I should have done earlier, made sure. Ooh, so, right. Elizabeth, let's see. Let's All right, see. now I'm, I'm going to be in the go. audience. You're yeah, because be you're audience. introducing me. So, I'm introducing you. Okay. So, you're going to plan on that. So, you know, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, uh, I'm watching that camera. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Elizabeth McDonald of the Verbal Edge. She's a motivator, speaker, and communication skills instructor. Let's welcome Elizabeth McDonald. Thank you, yay, guys. Yay. Okay. Now I come up and I say, oh, yes. thank, you very, much, thank, thank you, you very much, Anthony. Thank you for being here. Sometimes, yes. we, you know, sometimes they, we they do the the hug, not the hug thing, not but knocking but over yes, the microphones. But usually it's the it's the and and notice that the handshake is web to web. I didn't stop here. I go all the way to the web. That web. Exactly. That's a strong handshake. So a proper I, handshake. A proper. They, they have different things for when people do this. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I have I have now thanked you. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you very all much. Right. And then I walk the, away from the so, camera. Uh, by thanking Anthony, I have just thanked all of you vicariously. So what I will do is I will start out with an attention-getting comment instead of the oh I'm so glad to be here uh, thank you Anthony thank you all this nice place nice view you need to come to the attic nothing like that because what do you think that the people are thinking they're thinking this presentation has no content right now I think I'm going to go away in my mind somewhere so the first thing that I will do is I will ask a question or I'll say a quote or something to get them right away their, their attention. So I might say something about, uh, if you just communicate, you'll get by. But if you communicate effectively, you will work miracles. And that's from Jim Rohn. How many of you today want to be that kind of communicator that works miracles? Now what I've just done is I've asked a question within the first three minutes. That signals the audience that they're going to be paying attention. This isn't going to be, I'm going to sit back there and think of what I'm going to have for lunch. She's going to be doing this. And the other thing is that one of the worst things you can do here. Thank you, Anthony. Hey, how is everybody? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. How many times have we heard that? What we do when we ask that and we say, oh, come on, you can do better than that. We have insulted our audience. The first thing we have said is, I didn't like the way you said hello, or I didn't, or, or fine, or whatever. Refrain from saying that. And if you're going to say, how's everybody? I'm so, you know, great. 
I don't care if three people say great or hello, just go with it. I would suggest not even saying how is everybody. Now, after we have done that and we've, and, uh, we've asked a question, then we go on with our three points, and this is what we do. We talk about, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to talk about this, this, and this, because it's audio. And yes, people are taking notes, but we need to say more with audio. The first point is how does such and such. And, and then you go into that. And think of a story that you can say with every point, because that will bring it home. Speak, use gestures. You notice I'm using my hands a lot. Now, when I am at rest, my hands will be at the side. They're not going to be behind. They're not going to be here. I remember when I was a reporter, I, I think I did this. I did not know it when I wasn't holding a microphone. They're not here. You are gesturing. You have one, maybe one hand at side gesture with the other hand or both. It's okay to gesture. It's okay. Don't worry about over gesturing. Gesturing is part of who we are. The other thing is when we gesture, how do you feel if I do this? Now, I want you to know that this is important. Now, how do you feel if I'm doing this? This probably threatened. And this is because this is a parental thing to do, just like this. You better learn this. So instead of pointing, we need to turn the hand over. Instead of, instead of this way, turn it over and point with our whole hand, open-handed. That's less threatening. So we've done that. We've included the gestures. We're talking. And if we move it all, and some people move back and forth, and people are saying, okay, when is she going to sit down? Move if you want to make a point. All right, if I'm going to talk about this, maybe I'll go here. And then I'll come back and say something else here. And it's okay. Or move forward a little bit. Include the people. Another thing, and I forgot to say this beforehand, before you present, talk to the people. Be there early, of course, especially if you have technology. I'm there a minimum of an hour early. And then I meet people, and I get to know them. And then I can say, John, what do you think about this? Or as we were talking earlier, this would apply to what you were talking about. That's that connection, that connection beforehand, which is invaluable. What I also like to do is have people wear name tags or tents. Sometimes I'll bring tents so I can call them by name because calling by name is so strong. So we've gone through the presentation and I have envisioned that everybody's going to love it and I know that they are. I'm having fun and it comes to the end. Now I recap the, the three points and then I do the ask. And the ask is important. Because without the ask, why are we here? Or I give, or I, I send them out with what they're supposed to do. And it could be, now let's, let's uh, work on connecting with each other, approaching each other, say this is on dealing with difficult people, going up and being assured that what you're going to say is what you want to say. Something like that. Now in this case, my ask would be, Next week on October 18th, on Wednesday at 8.30, I'm going to be giving a presentation called Professional Email Formatting and Writing. Come at 8.30. That's when networking will begin at 9 o'clock. The fast-paced, fun, interesting one-hour workshop is going to be held. And you will be amazed. By the way, that's an embedded positive command. You'll be amazed at how much you're going to learn. It's going to be at Guzman Law on North Himes in Tampa. And... And you can go to my website, theverbaledge.com. Go to the events page, click on that, and please pre-register. And it's $25, and it will be worth it. And come up to me afterwards and tell me if you, would, if you learned at least five things, because I promise you, you will. So that is my ask, and I'm hoping to see you. And then at the end, we after the ask, 
we can then close with something that they will remember. Either the phrase that I will have repeated throughout this whole thing, or maybe the quote that I started with. If you just communicate, you'll get by. But if you communicate skillfully, you can work miracles. So let's all work miracles. Thank you. And that would be it. Yay. That was definitely thank awesome. You. Thank you. And then I will much. come up and, you know, thank her for yes, being yes, you know, here. Yes. And we'll I start will. the next okay. guest. And here we're going to go back and, and just recap a little bit before we close it out. Is there anything that we kind of missed in this conversation? Because I went through so much stuff and sometimes we repeat stuff. But, and, but sometimes there should be something that is really needed to really recap on something. What do you, is there one anything? thing we didn't talk about, and I can quickly say, is one of the things I teach is customer service. And I train people not to say, unfortunately, because that brings up, oh, wow, I guess it is unfortunate. Unfortunately, that's not in stock. Yeah, bad instead words. Of, instead of, uh, we'll have this on Friday, and you'll get it right away instead of, you know, unfortunately, we don't have this. So turning negative sentences into positive ones is a good one. And another thing, we demonstrated how we talked to large groups we can do the same thing with small and there's a couple suggestions and that is turn toward the person talk connect and don't keep our laptops open because that's a barrier and don't have our hands over our face because that's a barrier things like that McDonald thank you again for my being pleasure here. this was fun I knew it would be excited about some of the things we talked about today because you know even though you know it if you don't recap it in your mind on a regular basis you forget it start the further you are from when you learned it the less of it you're going to be using so it's great, theverbaledge.com, Elizabeth McDonald.